Welcome to Empowered Conversations. I'm your host, Susie Petrozzi. This podcast will take you on a journey of personal growth and self-discovery through conversations with special guests that will inspire you to live the life of your dreams. Get ready now for an Empowered Conversation. Hello, welcome to 2021. Um, This is our first show for the year. I've had a really, really good break and I was very intentional about not rushing into my kind of usual schedule this year and just allowed things to open up by way of space and energy in my own life. And um, it's been well worth it. I'm feeling more energized. And with that, I was feeling and am feeling really energized to bring you our very first um, episode and guest speaker for 2021. So first of all, welcome to Empowered Conversations. Our guest today is Melinda Drainsfield. I'm going to share a little bit about Melinda and then I'll um, open it up to her to share some more about her own journey. Uh, Melinda is the digital producer for children families and creative learning at the Sydney Opera House. This program engages with primary and secondary schools across Australia, both on-site, online and off-site through live stream, creative learning opportunities and digital content there that is actually curriculum aligned. Uh, Melinda graduated from the Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts in both stage management in 97 and acting in 2005. Then she went on to study at the Atlantic Theatre in New York in 2011. She's worked as an actor and voiceover artist throughout Australia, as well as teaching in high schools as a drama specialist, as a tutor for the National Institute of Dramatic Arts, known as NIDA, and corporate pro- she's done open and corporate programs in Australian theatre for young people, um, engaging young people engaging individuals actually age five to seven 75 there's so much more to her um i do want to mention that she's founded the art of speaking a communications and presentation training company i'm sure melinda can give me some tips on my own my own um speaking um but really she she loves to help professionals um get more successful outcomes for their businesses so what an incredible journey melinda welcome Thanks, Susie. It's so nice to be here. Yeah. I listen to that and I'm like, I've always found it whenever people say, what do you do? I, I find it really hard. I've never wanted to be boxed. And when I hear that, I'm like, oh, wow, gosh, you have, like, you've done a bit. <laughs> it's yeah. Really, it's really interesting how the way that life takes you. I don't think I ever expected to be where I am right now with the the training, the former training that I've had, mm. I just, yeah, it's really strange how you end up in the so, places that you do. Yeah, tell me about that because you started out training to become an actor, yeah? Mm. Well, firstly, um, well, firstly it was stage management. So I worked in theatre as a stage manager. So really, you know, behind the scenes but an amazing foundation for, for theatre making and, and did that um, professionally for seven years and then, I always wanted to be an actor, but the kind of theory around it was that at 17, when you graduate high school, you're too young for that. So mm. I thought, what am I, what else am I going to do until I mature a little bit? And so I didn't want to be anywhere else other than in working in theatre. So the stage management came, came to me. So, so I did that. And then, you know, after a little time, I thought I'm not being honest about what I really want to be. So I went back and 
and studied again and did the acting course um, mm. at, at WAPA, which was, you know, as, as a more mature age student was um, was really difficult to leave a professional career and then go back and study again, as, mm. as most people do yeah. when they when they do um, – when they do uh, training in their um, later years. Mm. But um, somehow all of those skills, the acting skills, um, and I, I mean that's just the place where I feel the most myself is when I am acting. Um, a close second is obviously uh, my coaching, the art of speaking, a lot of that stuff has come through into that and that's, um, you know, acting's very much an insular experience a lot of the time and it's um, quite narcissistic. So it's nice to be able to give back to people who might be struggling in areas where they feel a lot of nerves presenting Mm. or talking and being able to use those skills to help other people. That's the first Mm. time in my life where I was actually able to help people with something that I knew and I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. But, um, yeah, so it's always – I've always been in that theatre world. It's just – and I know I have a lot of friends that struggle with this. The Those skills are very um, related to that sector and how do you, as you get older and you, you can't do those long hours of working and maybe mm. the jobs aren't coming to you, where else can you put those skills into other industries mm. where they're of use and you feel like you are of use as well? So it's been quite interesting, that journey, that navigation of finding new ways to use those skills. Mm. All right. So so the question that comes to me as you, you know, as you share your journey and the training and the experience is because first of all, I can relate to what you said early on. I don't like to be boxed, which is why writing bows is so like it's hair tearing for me at times. Me too. I'm this, I'm that, I'm a clinical psychologist, I'm an empowerment coach, I'm a whatever, you name it. It's like I don't know, but I know what I do really well, right, outside of all of that, and it may not fall under any of those boxes. So I'm curious about outside of all the kind of labels, if we go with that, what comes naturally to you? What do you do so well now Uh, at this point in life? Yeah, I think I'm a storyteller fundamentally, and I think I enable other people to become storytellers. Mm. So I think that's whether that's, um, you know, my current job where I'm making digital content for kids and I'm telling stories through that Mm. or whether it's me coaching somebody to get up and speak about their journey and be a storyteller and bring people on that that ride with them. So I think fundamentally that's what it's about and all those skills that I've gathered along the way is about – is really about enabling that to happen in myself and in others and um, taking other people along for those journeys Mm. and finding their own stories. Well, and how beautiful is that to bring into the world because the reason I'm doing this podcast, the the drive behind that is to um, provide a space for people to tell these stories because stories is what shapes us, we grow, we learn, we develop through stories. It engages us. Our brains love stories, um, you know, and and so it's, you know, I, I want to be able to help people. Well, I want to be able to provide a medium to do that, but it's everything is a story, how we speak to the neighbour, isn't it? So, you know, I was just thinking of a guy who 
is a psychotherapist. I think his name's Richard Hill. He was an actor. I don't know if you know of him. I don't know exactly what where he kind of did his training, but he said his acting has helped him be a better psychotherapist. So well, can I? Yeah, it's funny that you say that. Tell because, me about that. Well, yeah, because my one of my jobs when I was at WAPA training um, was I studied, I, I trained psychotherapists. <laughs> so I had a little oh, business yeah. where I would go in and be um, for students who were training to be psychotherapists, psycho, psychologists, I would be different characters as if they were um, coming into a session for the first time and meeting a client and yeah. I would, you know, I would take on a character of somebody wow. um, who may be suffering, you know, postnatal depression or something like that and research a lot about that and, and, and come in playing that character and then they had to have their first meeting with me with all the class watching who would be taking notes and then afterwards we would um, – we would dissect that. I and I loved that job. That was great. I mean, obviously they do a lot of that in police training and and lots of different circumstances. Like I don't know, do they? Yeah, yeah. Because we didn't have they, anything like that in yeah. psych. We just had role playing, which was kind of you know like yeah. But if you're meeting someone for the first time, yeah, who you've never met before. I mean, if it's your classmate, it doesn't really relate because no. you're sitting there going, no, it's a bit, if a bit meet, of a dad. Yeah, <laughs> if you meet someone who comes in who's crying, I mean, one of the funny things actually that happened in that is I remember. Um, actually that character that I was playing and the guy passed me a piece of paper to use as a tissue in the middle of the session, <laughs> which wow. he just hadn't realised that actually, you know, that this is real. <laughs> you get to pass tissues when you're client, <laughs> you know, like yes. he just hadn't. Um, so it was really interesting to give him that experience. I loved it. I, I think um, the acting has given me uh, the ability so many times in all the different transitions that I've had throughout my career. I mean, I, I believe and I tell people this when I'm coaching them, you know, it's not you, you don't fake it till you make it, you fake it till you become it. Mm. And I really embody that. I'm, I've stepped numerous times into jobs where I'm, I'm, I don't think I can do this. I don't understand why they've chosen me to do this job or this opportunity has been presented to me. And I think also sometimes I think one of the greatest things that I've learned is that sometimes people see things in you before you see them in yourself mm. and that, you know, those opportunities are really moments to grow and in that uncomfortableness that's mm. when you do grow as a person. Um, but I've had to draw on those acting abilities to go, oh, inside I'm like, I do not know what I'm doing right now, but I can I can act my way through this and not mm. saying that that's in a, a way where I'm being um, inauthentic, inauthentic to or, or false. Yeah. It's just... A little Almost. security blanket that yeah. I can put around that I, I know that I can adapt to this situation mm. and be okay. So although I might not necessarily be on the stage doing that currently, um, it is I do use those skills every day and, and, and you know, presenting to people, all of those sorts mm. of things. So I, I, I honestly I do believe that those skills um, as an actor, just the same as um, Richard, it's like, yeah, I use them all the time. And can I, uh, there's something, you know, listening to you share that I, I think, yeah, it's almost over and beyond that maybe. And, and I know that you're aware of this it, from the aspect of acting from you're doing that, but there's, you know, when you speak, you're so in your voice, which is such a beautiful um, experience to have with someone who is speaking from their voice because you've got me. I am because you're speaking from your 
being from the cause. So that is not something that's that happens easily. I know it didn't from for me. I used to push my voice out, project it, and I'm sure I still do it, but nowhere near to what I used to. Maybe part of this is to develop that, you know, embodiment of voice. But what do you yeah, what 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 have you learned through that? What do you see people do with voices? Because there's that whole experience that you have around that, which is why you've got the you know, you founded the corporate training business mm. that you have. I'd love to unpack that a little unpack bit. That, yeah. Well, I think um, I just think in general in society that the biggest thing that's probably affecting voice is breath. So breath, we aren't yeah. breathing enough. We don't uh-huh. breathe. We breathe um, up into our lungs and our chest and not diaphragmatically. And we mm. are born as diaphragmatic breathers. If you have a look at a little baby Um, When they're lying there in the cot, they breathe into their tummy, you know, into the diaphragm. So we're born like that. And then suddenly when everything happens around us, we, you know, we clench up, it almost tied Mm. up into our, into our chest, into our shoulders. And we forget that, that we have the capacity to fill two big spaces in our, in our bodies. Um, And I also think that's just a real sense of grounding as well. Not necessarily saying that right now I feel very grounded, you know, it's been a very upheaval Mm. Um, in life for the last 12 months with everyone. But, mm. you know, I, I think that um, that dropping in of the voice and it coming from um, not a constricted place, you know, I can put my voice up at the top and yeah. I can sound and that sounds really heady and, yeah. you know, I don't feel probably as confident, sound mm. as confident up here. But, you know, if I drop it down into my body and it's true to my breath and my diaphragm, then I sound a lot more confident and a lot more Authoritative, which I think for women is a really interesting um, place to be. And, you know, I love not only uh, training men, but, um, you know, I love training women because I think, Mm. um, you know, my focus is on helping women because I feel like we've been sort of really uh, adopted a lot of um, habits that don't really serve us Mm. anymore and whether that is, high-pitched voices, whether that is um, not being not, you know, if you sound deep, you might sound rough. You might sound like you, um, yeah, there's a lot of of different things that have definitely not aided us in probably um, getting maybe where we want to be or feeling confident in asking for what we want in the Mm. workplace um, or in life, Mm. you know, but. You certainly, you know, when you, you meet someone who is in their skin and in their body and grounded and uh, you, you notice a difference for sure. Yeah. It gives me shivers in a good way. Like, like whoa, you know, it's, it's like, like we see it, we listen, we almost like commands our attention. Like I will notice someone, you know, I notice you when you're, you're, you're there, right? Even though you're saying it's been you know, challenging as it has for many people. But I wonder if sometimes those challenges also help us to go even more into our bodies. Yeah. What's your sense on that? Yeah, I definitely feel that the last 12 months has been a real struggle and although I have a really solid foundation of what it means to be in your body, what it means to be grounded, techniques for breath, techniques mm-hmm. for relaxation, for mindfulness, for um, 
balance, all those sorts of things that when I get into stressful situations, when I feel overwhelmed, all of that flies out the window and I have Mm. to again remind myself or be reminded by others, you know, you know this, you know this stuff, Mm. you teach people this. So, you know, I don't want to put out there that I'm, you know, it is, it's really hard sometimes to, um, to 100% live in that place. I think I get sidetracked a lot um, with other things and other, I think also juggling, you know, mm. as everyone is juggling so many different things, parenting, family, pressures, you know, we've got this health thing at the moment in the universe, a lot of anxiety mm. in, in, you can feel it in the, mm. in the universe. And so I do, I do have to remind myself, you know, I have got these skills and I'm really lucky to have these skills and like, let's put them back into practice. Yeah. I think 2021 for me has been, okay, you've got to get, you've got to get this together a bit more. Mm. Because, you know, what you're speaking to is collective. It's not just you, it's me, you know, which is why for me, you know, we talked about this the other day. You said um, you're someone who needs that contact with people. You're more an extrovert. I would say I'm an introverted extrovert, (laughs) although I don't like the label, but I find myself needing to retreat, process, integrate, and then I'm like, I need to go out, right? But what's happened last year is almost, I think we were maybe sharing this leading up to our um, conversation today, is that we're not seeing the impact of that yet. We don't know what la- what kind of what's rippling out from what's happened, you know, from last year. But where this is just COVID. There's other things that everyone's been dealing with, whether it be work changes at work, whether it be stress, um, you know, um, the unknown, the uncertainty of what's happening and how we're dealing with that. And I think for each one of us, oh, I feel that when we're in that. A lot of the skills can go out, but there is a foundation. Sometimes if built a little bit stronger, that can hold us a bit steadier, some more than others. And I feel that that is so important. And it's, you know, as you speak to that now, we all need to get back to that. How do we do that? Is it a matter of like, I'm curious in terms of what's your I don't know if I say, let's not even call it a plan, but intention because mm. there's so much that we plan. What's your intention for what you sense is going to help you? Is it fine your way back to you, who you are now at this point? Because we're not the same person that we were a year ago this time or even six. I don't feel it. Yeah. Who am I? I'm navigating that yeah. now. On the one hand, I know. And when, I, when you say, well, so who are you? I don't know. I just am. You know, there's that kind of thing. But then that can sound really vague and, I'm, you know, like, well, what is that? Um, that's what I'm learning. This Slightly existential. Yes. Which is really interesting. Tell me, yeah. I, I've, well, I feel like I do remember being – you know, 14, 15 and having like these existential conversations, you know, and I, obviously I was in a theatre crowd growing growing up, but we used to like always, you know, what's the purpose? What's the purpose of life? What's the meaning of mm. life? And all those sorts of things and really spend time dissecting all those. And then you kind of, you know, just go into the flow of life and you go on that journey. But I really feel like it's come back to what is the purpose? You know, if I 
if I can't go overseas and reward myself and distract myself Mm. from my busyness with that reward at the end of the year, if I can't go, um, if I can't go out every weekend and drink myself silly, um, and all these sorts of sorts of um, behaviors that we do, I guess to to get through the weeks. Like, what are we? Who are we? What are we doing? Yeah. You know? If I lose my job, if I, who am I? If I, um, you know, people have lost lo- loved ones, haven't been mm. able to see them in that say their final goodbyes. There's so many different mm. life events that have happened for people in an isolating kind of way where they've had to really deal with it within themselves and not Mm. be distracted by other things. I think it's a bit of an existential kind of thing. I think for me what I realised over the Christmas break is I've always been a really firm believer in, you know, topping up your well Mm. and, um, you know, I know certain things for me that top up my well, you know, going for swims, going for walks, being in nature, mm-hmm. reading books, um, going to see theatre, which obviously we couldn't do. Mm, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, sewing, all those sorts of things that I love doing. Mm. And just with the change of things, work being in my home, I felt like a lot of those work took up that space that o- that normally occupied my creative space, Mm. um, all those chances, those opportunities to go out and go for a walk or for a swim or whatever it was or the beaches were closed, that all of that topping up of my well, the things that keep my creativity, my energy up really got diminished Mm. over over last year. So my goal this year is, and it is that work-life balance, you know, that's obviously another way to put it, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was really work that life, other side of life balance went out and my my aim this year is to really focus on topping up that well and making sure that, um, you know, that I am really balanced in what I'm putting in mm. and what I'm taking out of that well. So is your, I mean, you know, I'm curious about this, whether this is the case as well for a lot of people that with last year, do you feel that because of what was happening and, and you didn't have access to those things that filled up your world, that gave you energy and that inspiration and creativity, that then you threw yourself more into work or that just happened kind of, you you know, regardless of that? I'm just. I feel like it happened regardless. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, and you, you kind of attempt for a little while to to manage it. Mm. Um, and then I think it was just, you know, we none of us knew what was going to happen, how it was mm. going to play out, how long it was going to mm. play out. I mean, we initially thought probably oh, we'll be working in our homes for four weeks and then it was all going to be over. And then mm. 10, 11 months later, we're still there. Yeah, yeah And exactly. so, you know, you, you know, that delineation between work and life has really been impacted. Yes. Where's the, where's the boundary? Where's, where's the line? Mm. And so let's come back to speaking about this, you know, how creativity is impacted because, you know, like you said, a lot of people are working from home. They're working from spaces that where they, that they found kind of, this was their relaxation time at night and there's no, there's no boundary between work and home. Maybe they're working from their bedrooms. Maybe they're working from spaces that used to be their, you know, their time, place to unwind or, I mean, bedrooms for so many people, this is 
Like, you know, I always as a psychologist talk to people about sleep hygiene. It's like yeah. nothing needs to happen in the bedroom, but yeah. that's physically not possible for some people. So what does that mean for our creativity? I mean, you've already touched on that a little bit, but what can change? How can we do it differently? You know, even as we speak about that, what comes to you about that? Um, yeah, I think that, and, and I just want to preface this with, I know that I've, I've got a lot of friends that have been without work who work in obviously the arts that's been deeply impacted over the last 12 months who literally have only had their creativity to keep going. So, you know, they, a lot of people have created amazing things during this time, Mm. um, and haven't had any work that's paid, Mm. but, um, they've obviously had a really, a really amazing time to, to Mm. be just with that. And I totally, um, I feel really, you know, envious of that. And I've been extremely blessed to have a job during this time. Um, and so my job has unfortunately, um, probably just pushed me into a place where I don't feel like I have that creativity, but you know, it's impacted people in different ways. Mm. Um, so, so for me, I definitely think, I, you know, a GP the other day prescribed to me on a notepad, on a prescription pad that I have to leave the house every night and walk. Like that is a prescription, you know. She's like, "That's you." She wrote it down. She wrote it down. I love it. Great, you know. Um, and so that delineation between work and home. Mm. Um, I know. I'm probably not answering your question here, but I, I, you know, we we touched on this the other day that I know that having that workspace in the bedroom has impacted a lot of people's sex lives. Mm. We're not talking about that mm. probably, but um, it's worth bringing up. Totally. You know, that yeah. um. You know, as you say, you know, the high sleep hygiene of those bedrooms and suddenly you've got your computer desk in there and you're standing at a dressing room table and what what has that done, you know? Mm. Having the office right there where you hear your partner all day talk on business calls and then, you know, it's so it's definitely the energy has Mm. been, different energy has been brought into people's homes. Mm. Um, So I think for me, I think I think boundaries has become a really big thing that I'm going to going to definitely work on in this year and mm. just that delineation of work and home and as we hopefully go back more into offices or whether that is actually mm. going to going to be a thing you know <laughs> um how we manage you know I also think um a little bit more planning out of your week to make sure that you are hitting all of those areas in your life that you want balance mm. so um you know I've started doing something of that and looking at, you know, eight areas in my life each week that I want to make sure that I'm touching on to make sure that there is that balance and I feel like I'm moving forward in things that I want in my life. So it's more of a conscious and intentional. Very conscious. Mm. I think it has mm. to be. It has to be, you know, yeah. it really has to. And, and, and there's a real sense of um, responsibility around that w- that we need to take on for ourselves yeah. around making those changes um like the gp said going out okay if that's not possible due to weather whatever yeah. or restrictions in some countries because they yes, can't leave absolutely. or what are you know how do we create this space inside of us you know whether it be through mindfulness or some other way it could be a little nook 
at home, literally a corner in the same bedroom. I don't know, you know, like, I mean, what I said, how do we do creativity differently? Well, it's not like it's outside of us, but I guess what I'm saying, how do we invoke that within us? And it's coming back to what you're saying, boundaries, mm-hmm. um, you know, having that nourishment of some level because it's not going to come otherwise if we don't nourish a part of us. I imagine that creativity cannot come through. Well, I also think anxiety is the one of the biggest um, decreases of creativity, which is there's a lot of that around. It feels like there's a lot of that around in people, you know, mm. uncertainty. Um, I also think that maybe as a society we don't value creativity as much as other things at the moment. Um, and so people who are in those places might not who work in those sort of industries and fields where they are creative? It's it is really hard if you. Uh, it's the first thing to go, the last mm. thing to come back. So um, you know, as I mentioned before, there's still lots of people that haven't got any work back. Um, mm. So, uh, but we rely on that when we're yeah. in places, <laughs> places of lockdown and things. We rely on exactly. those people to entertain us. Exactly. Um, those books that we read, it's the what podcast, holds us together, holds us right? Together. Yeah, it's what makes us feel like we're connected. It's really um, ironic. It's really ironic, yeah. Um, so there's a lot of, um, you know, anxiety. Sometimes you could just, even though you are feeling that, you've just got to push through that and mm. and create it. And whether that's anxiety within yourself or whether that's anxiety about whatever art or creative practice that you want to do, you know, I'm not good enough or whatever mm. words feeling like you don't belong in there. But it is, you know, those forms of self-expression are really vital, I think, um, at the moment, mm. ways to express yourself, whether that's, you know, cooking, whether that's yeah. making your own podcast, whether yeah. that is um, gardening. There's, you know, there's lots of different things that we can do mm. in that space. And being, so many. Again, just grounded and connected. So exploring all of those things. And I wonder if, you know, okay, well, before I kind of, share my I wonder (laughs) um what are you so so given last year if we just look at that I mean you know you're you've had this long journey around in in performing arts in you know stay stage management acting but if we if we look at that inclusive of that and then to now but particularly with the focus of last year what are you continuing that you know you need to learn about yourself. What's the what's the essence of it? Oh, jeepers. Okay. I know it's a biggie. I do ask biggies. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think the biggest lesson for me during this time is learning to say no. Mm. Um, and still I'm like, I still need to learn that lesson. But um you know, as someone who wants to enable other people to tell stories, it's really hard to say no when someone has an idea. <laughs> that's that's the first thing. Um, uh, secondly, I think I, you know, I've come from a background where I freelanced, so you always say yes to jobs because you never know when your next one is going to come, mm-hmm. and sitting comfortably in a place where I finally have a full-time job for the first time in, you know, 26 years of working is Mm. like I just, you know, that I can choose where I put my energy Mm. is a really big lesson for me. I don't have to scatter it in 15 different places Mm. just to keep financially float. 
So that, that's been a really big lesson for me. Um, and I think also the other thing is I put in a value on my skills as well. Um, I think, you know, the path where I've, how I've gotten to where I am, I've collected a lot of things along the way and um, valuing those skills a little bit more so that I know what my time is worth mm. so I don't spread myself thin. Mm. Um, they would probably be the two biggest things that I go, I, I'm still learning that. Yeah. Um, and that I need to make not only top up my well, but I need to make time for rest. Mm. And what are those, what is, does that mean for me? What, what are the biggest things that I, sorry, what are the things that I could do that I get the biggest result from? Mm, but by way of rest? Rest, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a really important question actually. I mean, do you know, like what are the biggest things that you can do to get the biggest results from by way of rest or, um, you know, rejuvenating, whatever, just restoring yourself. Mm. Yeah. For me, (laughs) for me, what comes to me, it's time out, Um, time out to just, but, you know, I don't know if this is you too. I mean, I'm curious. I, I'm like a little ferret sometimes. (laughs) I just, I can't stop because one, I do have a lot of energy and then I just, want to get things done. And I feel like this is so much the case for many of us, regardless of what your role is, whether you're a mum, single partner, whatever, you know, that you, and I'm not sure what, in fact, I I know what that drives. I know what drives for me. And I was having a session with a colleague yesterday because the question we said was, why are we so scared to stop? Why am I scared to stop? And what came up for my colleague was different to me. For me was I will, I won't get results. I'll miss out because my whole life has been about you work hard, you get results. Yeah. Yeah. So to not, to kind of stop or to bring a different quality to what I'm doing is very new and this is what I'm learning. Um but if I ask that question of you, why are you, and I don't know if it's fear, generally we're either in fear or love. So, you know, <laughs> what's the biggest challenge for you around stopping? Stopping. Yeah. I think, um, I think mine's, I, I always have felt because I went into a creative industry really young. So, you know, professionally, I started working at 20 as a stage manager and you know my first pay for the year I worked I think was $30,000 I earned in my first mm. year I always have felt like I'm catching up mm. um you know I I freelanced I didn't make contributions to my super and my you know I really didn't earn a lot of money I was doing it because I loved it mm. um and it wasn't money wasn't really important I don't think anyone really who goes into the arts does it for the money. Mm. Um, and so I've always felt like I'm playing catch up, um, not only professionally, financially. Um, I also think 
and just playing catch up probably in the valuing of my skills, as I mentioned before. Mm. So for me, if I stopped, I would feel like I am wasting time mm. and I'm failing. Mm. And failure is probably the biggest one. Um, yeah, but that, yeah, that I've put, oh, you can't, you can't stop because you've already wasted enough time mm. by your slow start into where you should be in your life and that comparison mm. as well, you know, mm. comparison of yourself to others, what you do and don't have. Um, that's huge. That's huge. For us. That's huge for us all. That, that is, that's huge for us, for women. Yeah. Because we give value to numericals, you know, to what's on the paper, you know, in terms of what we earn or, and I think it's time to shift, which is what you're consciously working on, me too, shift to what have I got to contribute outside of everything that labels me as something Mm. and to really focus on that, to shine light on that in the way that I never have, you know, and what's so unique to me because of who I am as a person that I uniquely do. Yeah. And to give myself the permission to do that in such a, you know, almost outrageously Susie way, whatever that means, you know, to outrageous as in just do it, let it, try, be that, even though you're, you know, at this age now, I almost feel like I want to try something that doesn't quite match my age. And then just by way of even the energy that I might bring to things, I find myself becoming more... Um, fun, exploring fun in a different way, you know. Um, and I know that this is the case for a lot of women. You know too because you're speaking to them in your circles. I know too. I'm speaking to a lot of my friends. I know it from clients that I see. So how do we support each other in this? Uh, I think that, you know, you've got to surround yourself with your tribe you um you definitely know when you've met people who you're um who are of your tribe i think you need to be impeccable with your word mm. so you know words can hurt and word, words can harm i think i've always um in everything that i've done i've always whatever i say i say with love and even that you know if that's giving feedback to somebody who i'm coaching i say it with love because i want them i can see where they can be and I want them Mm. to get there. Mm. Um, And even if that's something that's a slight criticism, I want them to be able to shift it so that they can try a different way. Yeah. So be impeccable with your word. I like that. And, yeah, I just, I I think that, I think, oh, and another thing I think is you need to be really gracious with your skill set and sharing of that knowledge. So, you know, mentoring is a really great thing to go and do outside of maybe what you do. It reminds you of actually how far you've come and mm. all the skills that you have when you're able to share that to somebody who's mm. who, who maybe um, doesn't have those skills and, you know, I think that's great. So, yeah, they're, they're kind of my four things. Mm. Mm. Um. I feel that um, the tribe is really important and I feel that that continues to change and evolve for people, for women, for men, 
both camps doesn't really matter um as we grow and become clear on what we want what's important to us that will change maybe in terms of who we surround ourselves with um and that's okay i think that's important to respect that um and you know what you said about being impact impeccable with your words yeah that's really sitting with me Mm. and is that also around saying no you know, is that coming back to the bound, you know, to setting those boundaries? Absolutely. Knowing when to yeah. say no? Yeah, absolutely. Because mm. my sense is that we'll always be setting boundaries because there's always the next level of that, but it's renegotiating that because we get to renegotiate with what with ourselves first and foremost. It's like, yeah. no, hey, how did this happen now? <laughs> you know, if I just look at my kid, it's like, hey, hang on, this has gone too far. <laughs> I yeah. need to renegotiate that. But it's it's really, really they're teaching me around, you know, what what am I putting up with? What am I putting up with with myself by way of, I don't know, you know, the doing things and not just for them but for myself, going back to not taking the time out. Mm. Um, yeah. So as we reflect on that, um, what comes to me then, the question I want to know from you is what do you envision for your life, for your time here? It's a big one. (laughs) Yeah. I actually find that question really, and have always found that question really difficult to answer. Um, and I don't know if, you know, maybe this is true for a lot of creative people because, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think, um, you know, after being really struggling to find my way at numerous times, you know, what's how does that lead on to that? How do I sort of make a life that's a little bit more in one place? How do I, you know, from a lot of touring and things like that in my early, I, I feel like I've tried, I've tried to go through this question uh-huh, <laughs> numerous uh-huh, times in my uh-huh. life and I don't seem to ever be able to map it out really, really well. I think um, I, I feel like uh, as you can see I'm really struggling with this. I, I mean, does it need to be mapped out? Why don't we even, you know, step back from that question around does it need to be mapped out really well in the way that you know, is typically done. Envisioning can be maybe, um, I don't know, is it kind of more of a driven by masculine qualities? I don't know. I'm just curious about that. Yeah. I, I, um, I really honestly and truly really, really struggle with this question. And I, I, it comes back to just really foundation things. I, I want to be surrounded by people that I love. I want to, um, be interesting and interested in things. I want to be happy, you know, whatever that means in whatever form, mm-hmm. um, and healthy. Um, and be practising a creative um, a creative um, life of some sort, storytelling, Mm. is really part of that and whether that's my own or enabling others to do that, Mm. Um, be connected to people. Mm. It's really kind of simple things. I I don't really know where my next 
um, step will be. Mm. But I do feel sometimes that a lot of it has been in my life about serendipity, being in the right place at the right time and things have appeared. Um, people obviously, as I said before, believing in me before I believe in myself mm. um, and sometimes taking leaps of faith and uh, and going towards that even yeah. though it scares the crap yeah. out of you, just going towards that. So it's kind of put me in a good place so far mm. and I think I just continue doing that. But I do, I do strive to be in a green place, <laughs> in uh, a quiet place, uh-huh. in place with water, um, in place with community. I think they're probably – that's probably the big change for me. So, But that's, you know, that is – Ideally. From you. That's your <laughs> core, comes from the core, right? Yeah. So, And what's really interesting when I ask people about that question, um, the ones that are the most, that the kind of the, the simplest is, you know, what's really coming from a place of authenticity. I don't mean for my podcast, but generally it's like people can overthink that, like what well, envision, okay, well, I don't know, like (laughs) I want to know that if I look back on my life, I was there, like I was really there and I did my best by way of, I don't know, making a difference in whatever way I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Does it have to be this massive, big thing with numbers? This is how many people I help. Yeah. That's getting caught up in the head and so disconnecting. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I struggle with those. I really struggle Mm. with, you know, creating those sorts of things. And, you know, maybe to my detriment, I'm not sure. We'll see. But, um, yeah, I just um, think the simple things. Maybe this, maybe last year has been about um, people really coming back to the simple things that they need around them, the people that they need around them. Mm, I find this has this, you know, this would resonate with a lot of people. Certainly my community, in my groups, people want to be in those that, in groups of people that really cherish each other, Mm. friendships, family, um, people that really, you know, that they, that see them for who they are, back them, challenge them not someone who just says, yeah, yeah, yeah. But really, you know, one of the things for me is, um, you know, for me a friend is someone who can really call on you and challenge you and not just say, yeah, 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 you know, but really hold me to what they know is true for me Absolutely. and what I'm, who I am as a person. So, you know, all of those things, Melinda, that you share, um, I mean, why are we here? You know, if we go back to that question, like, why are we here? Are we here to no, help each other, like open our hearts up to each other, to connect with them, to see each other, to bring that out in one another? Um, and there's so many different ways of that happening. But when I think about, you know, art, the arts, like the umbrella, I feel like people who are in that sphere, um, can see that in a whole different way and I would love to see more of that becoming mainstream. Mm. So that's what I hope. I'm not an artist in that sense, um, but it touches me deeply 
And I don't know why sometimes, whether it be from movies, exhibitions, you know, singers' words, there's, you know, the, the kind of almost level of energy or frequency that's imbued in that work is like you can't explain that always because it comes from. From other. Yeah, from other. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> part of my envisioning because <laughs> it's important to me. Now, does that mean that I bring that out into the world? I don't feel that's my way. I mean, I love to dabble in paint, you know, with my kids, but I feel that appreciating that, vouching for that, um, you know, going to supporting those things is so important. It's, it's like the heart. It's the heartbeat of who we are. You know, this is why we love going to Canberra. I mean, there's so many places here, right? But yeah. people say, why are you going to Canberra at Christmas holidays? Like, well, gosh, you know, so many things to see. Um, but, yeah, thank you for sharing that. I you know the essence of what you envision is so it's, – it's, it's simple, but isn't that always what we come back to? Yeah, I hope, I hope so. I might – yeah, I think um, just yeah, I just I, I think it's just about surrounding yourself, filling yourself up with mm. um, experiences that opportunities are people who um, who allow you to be who you are, who who you you know you're the best version of yourself. I know that's a bit of a cliche, but the best version but of yourself is. and yeah. Um, be truly seen, you know, and to be able to vulnerability in itself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what a great way to finish. I was just going to add, and to be able to share stories together. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, on that note, before we finish up, um, where do you hope? Or what do you hope? You know, another big what, question. <laughs> another big. Oh my gosh, I've got you. <laughs> I don't know what comes, but you know, if we go back to storytelling. Mm. Um, how do you hope, like what do you see, how do you see storytelling touching you and those that you're working with, you know, particularly now in your role, the opera house, like, mm. and, and involving the children and really, yeah, um, how do you see it and how do you hope that it will continue to touch children because I think yeah. it's so important. Uh, I feel like not only is it a, well, I think it's about making creativity accessible to everyone. Um, and I definitely feel like in my job, the digital content obviously last year in 2020 and our digital connection and capacity has completely changed now. Uh, it's not so much of a feared thing for a lot of people to be able to connect yeah. that way. So being access is number one. So just being able to get it out there mm. to as many people and so although you may live in a regional area and not have as much access to creative experiences that kids can access this content, that's, that's amazing. Mm. Um, and that it's really about allowing people, although the little voice inside might say I'm not a creative person, to live in that space, especially as, um, you know, kids to be in that space of creativity before that voice comes in, before they start judging themselves or um, allowing others to and developing a little bit of a creative 
um, muscle, whatever yeah. that means, just to sit and draw or sit and paint or sit and create or write mm. scripts or make little movies or their own podcasts or videos from lockdown, whatever that mm. may be, that they feel that they're able to put their voice out into the world and have a voice in whatever form that comes out in that for me and then be their own um, storytellers and being given the skills to do that and connection to other mm. people who are doing it. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your incredible journey here. And um, as you continue to, um, as you continue to, you know, um, really value your own skills because they're hugely important. And I feel, I do feel that more of that will be coming to the forefront by way of mainstream needs. or at least, you know, you're setting that foundation, you and so many others. I was just at an exhibition of a friend who's an artist and she was involved in this work with Little Lees from Early Childhood Centre and doing exhibitions and there was this beautiful little child standing next to her painting and she was just so connected to it and talking about it. You know, it's such a young age and, and giving, you know, they're giving these little kids a voice yeah, of their absolutely. I think expressive. it's also, you know, like we talk a lot about flow mm. and I think, you know, if, if sport isn't your thing, you know, and flow appears a lot in sport, but mm. if, if, you know, if you can find that in, in an art um, creative pathway, yeah, that that is such a great link into mindfulness and meditation mm. and can be a really solid foundation for mm. something that you can have for the rest of your life. Mm. Thank you. Any parting words? <laughs> we could keep going. I know, we could. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks for touching on so many different areas, you know. Um, we, we've, like, we really touched on creativity, but creativity is everything, really. We are creative, expressive. Yeah beings um and I didn't even know kind of exactly where we were going to go with this but I'm so glad that we touched on that quite a bit so thank you thank you thanks for having me pleasure thanks for joining me today on empowered conversations subscribe to the show now and then head over to my facebook page Susie Petrozzi for free personal growth and self-discovery tools that you can use today to be present be powerful and be on purpose see you next time for empowered conversations